When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, everybody, welcome to the Barca Blagranes podcast. My name is Josh. We are joined to talk about our, our favorite broke club by Nick. Nick, how are we doing today? Doing great, Josh. Good. Hopefully you're doing better than Barcelona. I, I, I think when the football season's going on, you know, we kind of forgot. I mean, we didn't forget, but like it kind of gets brushed over that Barcelona didn't, they're not fully recovered, right? They're still in the midst of a financial uh, cataclysmic struggle um, that's kind of being... Uh, brought to light as the uh, transfer season goes along and Barcelona struggle to uh, to really do much of anything. Um, let's talk about kind of the economics, uh, a topic I'm very well versed on, of course, as a podcaster. Um, I'm going to read you some quotes from our economic vice president. Uh, he said, quote, it is still critical, talking about the financial situation, but the advantage compared to a year ago is that we know where we are and we have the problem detected. We know what the drama is. Well, that you know, uh, I'm glad they have that figured out. Uh, he goes on to say, the number that does the most damage is that of the, okay, and you're going to have to excuse my pronunciation, patronial? Do, do you know what? Okay. <laughs> I think that's a word that doesn't translate so well into English, but I think it's a big imbalance is what he's saying. Yeah, of <laughs> that of the, the, the massive imbalance. Negative funds of 500 million euros, some 150 million losses could be added to this if we did nothing. I already said it. If someone wants to make me a man, give me 500 million, it is what we need to save Barca. Again, I'm assuming that has something to do with the, uh, the pronunciation or the, uh, the, the translation. I, I don't really understand if someone wants to make me a man, give me 500 million. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like it though. I, yeah. I think I know what you're trying to say. I, I, I kind of like it. He looks like the type of guy that would say something like that. Um, yeah, so Barcelona are incredibly broke. They have an assembly in, I think it's one week from today, uh, where members will vote to authorize the sale of Barcelona's licensing and merchandising and future television rights. Uh, it has been reported that if the sales are authorized, it could bring in about 700 million. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts when you hear crazy quotes like that? <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, I, I guess I, I believe it just makes you even more surprised about what was going on behind the scenes and how can, you know, all these people like Bartomeu and everyone on the board, these aren't football people. These are supposed to be business people. How could anyone have control of the club and have people around them whose job it is to run a business successfully and to have that kind of insight? No one's asking you to like be a 
like a former footballer, but how could you get in the situation to begin with? And it seems so dire, but with it being so dire, like it really makes you okay appreciate what's going on this summer and how you could really go down a couple of different paths, find a way to get this cash injection, whether it's through selling merchandising or whatever, or maybe the CVC, which I personally could get into. I don't like it at all. I really don't like that deal. Or, and then you're, you're kind of mortgaging your future a little bit if you do that, or take a more prudent approach and just tighten your belts and realize that you're not going to be able to spend in the near future the same amount that a team like Real Madrid or anyone in the Premier League is spending. But it's a bad situation. And uh, it seems like every summer now, summer two, we're getting more insight into that. But uh, whatever decision they come up with, it's going to be pretty consequential. And, uh, you know, it's short-term versus long-term thinking. Yeah, in, uh, in the short term, there have been some discussions, rumors about more pay cuts uh, on which uh, Sergio Busquets was asked about when he's on international duty. And he said, uh, they have not proposed anything to the Barca captains. It doesn't annoy me but I think that it's not the best decision to do it through the press. Mm -hmm. I'm always willing to help and not just on an economic level. I've always shown up and I am no problem. I'm focused on the national team. I have listened to a lot of things and nothing has happened. I am calm and I would like it if they said it directly to me. I'm always available to help and give the max I can for my national team and for my club. Uh, I do like that he says it doesn't annoy me, but I'd appreciate it if they didn't do it through the press. Why? I would appreciate it if they didn't do a lot of things through the press. To be yeah. honest, it seems like a lot of things are done through the press. And like you mentioned kind of at the top, right? I think the, I don't know, one of the things we talked about that Laporta did initially wrong last year was kind of a lack of transparency or it was too late for the transparency when it came, when it came to Messi. Um, now there there seems to be and there was transparency last summer kind of after Messi left and now continuing with some of these quotes from the economic people about the financial situation Barcelona are in do you feel like Laporta has been transparent enough with the financial situation there because to me I don't know if it's necessarily like a lack of updates but it seems like these like intermittent like every six months like oh by the yeah. way we're still half a billion dollars in debt is like it's good, but I don't know, just the way they're doing it's strange to me. Like it's better than nothing, I guess. What I will say is no, I do not think he's been transparent. What I will say is in the end, he seems to make the prudent decisions. Letting go of like Messi, Griezmann's situation is still up in the air going into the summer. Those were hard decisions. And in the end, he doesn't seem to be making reckless financial decisions. Same thing with like Rafinha now, or, or just name your player. In the end, he'll say it's not realistic and he's not gonna find some crazy way to do something that get us into a deeper hole going forward. So I think that's good that he's making good decisions, but the transparency is hard because if on the one hand, you're trying to play this like kind of PR game where, oh, of course we can get Erling Holland, we're Barcelona. And then two months later, uh, to be honest, there's no way we were ever going to get him. Of course we can get the, the, uh, the best player in the world. Why not? We're Barcelona. And then, you know, two months later, reality hits. I think that's the part that seems a little bit uh, in the media in the way that he wants to portray Barca in a position of strength which is, you can see why he would do that. He doesn't want the world to, to think that we're as vulnerable as the team really is or the club really is. Uh, and I kind of wish that we had maybe more of a sobering reality, maybe rein that in a little bit and be a little bit more realistic because as a fan, that's really hard to take in. Uh, but at the end of the day, it seems like he's not playing games when it comes to making those final decisions. Dembele is another case in point. Um, you know, just this huge, unfortunate, like, 
back and forth in the media, but in the end, there's just not money to pay him. So he's probably not going to stick around. And that's fair. I just wish it was a little bit more upfront. Yeah. So let's, I'm glad you brought Dembele up. So, uh, he's kind of considered like already gone, already history. Like I think when you and I last talked last month, it was trending that way. I think at the time it looked like PSG was the obvious choice. And now Sporter reporting that he's accepted a Chelsea offer, um, you know, taking the Barcelona part away from this. Uh, do you like Dembele returning to uh, play for Thomas Tuchel versus going to the uh, abyss of PSG? It only makes sense if they stop playing with wingbacks in Chelsea. If Chelsea goes back to playing with fullbacks in 4-3-3, not only can Dembélé thrive with Tuchel, all of a sudden a Dembélé and Lukaku situation could be deadly. And I like it a lot. You know, Dembélé uh, Lukaku is going back to Inter. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he should go back to Inter, but all of a sudden you get a lifeline with this expensive player that didn't work out last year. And now you're bringing in Dembele, whose purpose in life as a footballer is to serve center forwards. Um, and if you go to a 4-3-3 or just get rid of wing backs, if Tuchel can actually like be flexible enough to do it, it could be a match made in heaven. If he doesn't do that, it doesn't make any sense from a footballing point of view to bring in Dembele to Chelsea. But uh, if Chelsea wants to pay, I mean, it's the same thing. Why did you bring Lukaku last year? Why would you bring in Dembele this year? Why did Barcelona bring in all these good players? You got to bring in these expensive good players, then build the team around them. And I think Thomas Tuchel is a good enough coach where he'll recognize that and hopefully not make the same mistake again with Lukaku. But all I can think about is how the two of them would be a really, really good tandem. Uh, and it would be, you know, the Premier League getting even richer and even more entertaining at the expense of La Liga. Yeah, the the Chelsea changing, and again, let's just, I don't, I don't care. Let's just talk about Chelsea for a second. Um, I don't really understand with Ben Chilwell and Reese James why they would and I guess Dave is technically still there, even though I guess I haven't been reading Dave to Barcelona rumors anymore. Anyways, why would Chelsea change their formation with like what works for them is kind of like mm -hmm. it's been proven out. Part of the reason is, I mean, Christensen and Rudiger leaving, you need good center backs in order for that to work. Three good center backs, you know, you can play that. So they need yeah. to get some new signings in. Uh, but you're right. They do have really good wing backs, but could show well be a fullback. Could Reese James work as a fullback? Um, you know, the same thing in Barcelona. Let's talk about Barcelona. Sergio Dest, it looks like it's more likely he's going to stick around. Anything could still happen, but you almost want to see him as a wingback. And now Barcelona has all these good center back options and hopefully another one if Koulibaly comes in. And all of a sudden you're thinking, oh, maybe Barcelona should play with wingbacks. Um, which whatever your personnel and who's ever there, I think good coaches have to be adaptable. But I don't know, Dembélé, in a way it could be exciting to watch. Uh, but he's not going to be easy to replace. And all of a sudden, with the financial situation as it is, you ask yourself as a Barcelona fan, Dembélé leaves, there's a lot of positions where there need to be upgrades. And then where do you prioritize it with the limited uh, money you do have? Even if you can sell, get some sales out the door, you're still going to be limited. How are you viewing the... Like when you read Robert Lewandowski quotes, do you read them as sensationalist? Like this is like another, it's not as ridiculous as Erling Holland, right? But like, I guess I don't understand why Barcelona could play the weekly wages of Robert Lewandowski, but not Usman Nabele. How does that, how do I reconcile that in my head? I have a hard time actually finding information on what the actual bottom line wages are and then comparing them. Uh, but I totally agree. Um, maybe because he's older, he's willing to like say, this is my swan song. So I will take a pay cut and maybe it's significant. I don't really know. Uh, but I agree that, you know, he's 
it's expensive, whether it's about wages or not, to bring someone in a year before the contract expires and to pay 40 million euros to say that's what it's going to be, maybe 45 in order to sweeten the deal and get buyer and to sell. Is it really worth it? I mean, Obama Yang was a very, very solid center forward. You even say very good center forward last year. Uh, we have areas of need, and it looks like center forward for this one season isn't it. And if you can get Lewandowski for free the next summer, I just feel like you're kind of focusing on the wrong areas, knowing you're going to lose Dembele. I feel like the, that, that's an area of focus. You have to have a winger on the right side. And not to mention, like, the defense, fullback, center backs. You need everything. Yeah. So it's... Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's just it's strange to me that that's, like... And I... I guess when a guy like Lewandowski talks as much as he's been talking, even though he says he doesn't want to air dirty laundry, he's airing lots of it. Um, he wants I it. Underst- it seems like he really wants to move. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, like I understand it like sucks up a lot of the media attention, like rightfully so. Um, and the fact that like all the rumors are pointing that he wants to go to Barcelona. I Like you said, I just, I mean, I guess maybe for Barcelona, you'll just kind of like keep your mouth shut and like let the rumors happen because it's good PR. I don't really know. Um, Another rumor that got the, I guess not the attention, but like Pep Guardiola talked about it. Uh, why in the world would Manchester City ever do a Bernardo Silva for Frankie de Jong swap? I think Frankie de Jong would fit in really well with Manchester City. Do you? Okay, I'm, I'm interested to hear why, because hmm. I like I didn't understand it. Well, I see him as very similar positionally to uh, Kevin De Bruyne. So maybe that's kind of hard. You'd be playing with like without a number 10 and two kind of traveling eights who are very high level and very good. Obviously, he's not going to, well, maybe he's in a, maybe not. You can make the case that like Rodri is going to be their, their pivot. They're not going to play without a pivot and they're not going to play with two, a double pivot. So maybe Frankie will be in the same situation as he is with Barcelona. It's not ideal for him. I just think he fits the style a lot. And going from Barcelona to Man City would be pretty smooth. He'll kind of adapt pretty quickly there. And also he wants to play Champions League, so I think he'd be happier there playing with Pep Guardiola. Even though he has a relationship with Ten Hag as well. Uh, but Silva, people have to realize, Brando Silva, some people would say he was the best player last year for Manchester City. He was their MVP. So if anything, the only reason that would make sense is if he wants a new change of scenery and he wants to force to move a little bit behind the scenes. The thing about Pep Guardiola is no superstars. You know, he might have been the best player last year, but this is a team. Not a single person rises to the level of superstar. Maybe Erling Holland changes that, uh, but uh, I, I think he sees every single player as you know, have to fitting into the system, and that no player is above the system. So anything could happen. Do you like the fit better for Barcelona when it comes to Silva? Well, the thing about Silva, we have to realize too, is is he a forward or is he a midfielder? Like two years ago, he was a forward, and now he's a midfielder. So uh, that's just great because you want that versatility. Maybe you could be playing a lot of different places. I think he's a great player. At what, at what cost does he come in at? So yeah, I would say because I think he could he could do well at Barcelona for sure. Um, I, I just don't know if there's like enough, and this isn't a shot of Busquets, but like I don't know if there's enough midfield flexibility for him to be someone that plays on the front foot that much. Like the thing that I like about De Jong is like he can still, obviously, like there, we saw the flashes right, like in late January and February when De Jong was able to play more on the front foot. And we saw that talent, but like, I think when Barcelona are uh, a little lackluster offensively, I think he can still play like a solid midfield battle. And I'm not saying Silva can't, I'm just saying like, he didn't really ever have to do that at city. So I don't know what that looks like for him. 
Yeah, hypothetically, if this were to happen, and I don't think it is, I think you would see him actually as the right winger and not as a midfielder. I'm mm-hmm. afraid he left. And you'd probably see Gavi and Pedri and Busquets this season. I think you'd see, unless there were injuries, I think you'd see more of that. Uh, but that being said, Chavi made it very clear what his wingers, what he wants them to look like and how he wants them to play. And it seems like with him and Ferran Torres, he's not getting what he's asking for. And but I think you're just putting Chavi in a really tough situation. He did a great job last year but you really should try to help him build the team the way that he wants it to be. And don't get like too cute with bringing in like a big name signing, like Bernardo Silva. He doesn't fit the system perfectly, but I think Chavi has enough sway in the back room where he, nothing's going to happen without his approval for better or for worse. All right. Uh, something of less consequence. Have you seen the home and away kits for next year? Uh, let me just take a look at the way kit. I'm seeing this link right here. The home kit is is phenomenal. It's been a long time coming for us to get a, a really nice home kit that just pops. And is this gold or is this kind of like a that's gold, gold orange? That's like what they had like in like the early 2000s. Yeah, that's I love it. I always said I feel like gold should be just like the way kit all the time. It just like goes perfectly with Barcelona. So you do like it? Okay, I'm a little. Confused. And what is this? What is this kind of tailoring on the sleeves? What kind of colors are those? A little pop of color. Black, blue, red. Yeah, looks good to me. I, I approve both of them. I like them. You like them? You see the third kit? The white I have one? Not. Let me let me look at this. Now, white is always controversial with Barcelona. Like that is when is have you ever seen them play in a white kit? 2022, 20. I mean, it's like when was it a Classico last year where Real Madrid played in like black? Oh, no, yeah. it was black. Who was it? You know, okay, it, it was some match where they played it was in black. black. It was black, it, yeah. And it's it just weird. I mean... It was the one that got, they got destroyed wearing that kit in wrestling. That's the... Uh, that okay, the is this the white one that has the cross on it? Yeah, white with the cross. I mean, here's the thing. Ignoring Barcelona's history, I think this looks like kind of dumb, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, I... I like white, but I don't like the how they integrated the colors with it. I feel like there's better ways to do that. Yeah. I don't know. White is, if you're not going to, there has, I, I, my first question is, is it a pure like white? It can't be because that's like Real Madrid. It must be like an off white or even like a light gray or something. Or does and it look cream? Like pure white too? Like a cream. Yeah. It just cannot be, I feel like a pure white jersey. That would be way too controversial. The cross might grow on me. Honestly, I'm, I'm going to say, given like years past, I think this is an upgrade to the jerseys that we've had in the past. And I haven't bought a Barcelona jersey in a long time. So here's another question for you. If you bought a Barcelona jersey tomorrow, which player is on the back? Uh, which player is on the back? I mean, probably Pedri. Yeah, it's the safe one. Because you want to actually, which one's going to actually... Yeah, because here's the thing. If you can guarantee me Fati's healthy for the next decade, I'll get a Fati one. But like, you could also yeah. tell me in five years, Fati's one of the most depressing stories in football. And he's played like a dozen games for Barcelona over the next three years. And I'm just sad. And that could also be a scenario. Yeah. I'm thinking Pedri is the safe way to go. And why not? I think I would take a risk and go with Fati or maybe just do something different and get like a Ronald Araujo jersey. The defenders never get enough love. I like that. I like that. Jersey sales. If you had to buy one of the three kits for next year, home away or alternate, what are you getting? Uh, Probably... Uh, probably home because I haven't gotten home jersey in a long time. And I th- if you look at the, I think this was the jersey, the design with like that dark blue and the, like the stripes underneath that mm-hmm. Ronald Ronaldinho wore, like when one of his seasons. I remember this because I was a kid and I had that jersey. It had like a big collar on it, so it's the same thing except it's missing the collar. 
And I loved that jersey. I think it was from like 2006 or something. And uh, for nostalgia reasons, I, I got to get this home jersey, I think. I think I would pick the away one. I think like, I don't know. I just, I like the, I really, really like what they have going on at the, like the bottom of the sleeve, like you pointed out. Yeah. I want to see what that looks like in person. Like, is that just like that gold? It's like a very I also, here's gold. the thing. It looks good. As someone oh, who's the crest. not going to. You see the it, crest on your way, Jersey? On the front? Oh uh, yeah. It's like a, it's, it's just a, like a silhouette of the crest. Oh, there it's it is. Like yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's no. cool. Here's the thing too, like, you know, at this point in our lives, right? Uh, we have to consider what it looks like when we wear these things. And I think <laughs> the away one, you can get away with wearing black jeans or blue jeans with these. With the home kit, with that blue, like you, you can't really go blue and black. And oh, so yeah. I guess I guess you're rocking like khakis. I don't know, like like a khaki yeah. jean. I don't, and see that those are just the things I'm thinking about because I know if I walk out and I'm wearing a freaking navy kit with black jeans my wife's gonna look at me and be like you know that doesn't go right and then it's just gonna be in my head the rest of the day and i yeah. I, I can't do that but with gold i can go with anything well this is great i've been waiting for this gold one to come back i will say i love collars i'm waiting for collars to come back i was gonna i was literally just about yeah. to ask you like are you pro collar <laughs> i think i think football jerseys okay in the 90s they were way too loose and baggy but honestly they, they were freaking cool even with the loose and bagginess i think they've gotten too tight and I think they've gotten away from the collar too much. You can have a year with the collar, a year without. But yeah, that's going to make a retro comeback and all the teams are going to have collars again one day. Within the I next really five years, so. I predict. Wow, yeah. okay. I love collars. See, I honestly don't know if they will just because I think like they're trying to make it like a... And I think everyone in the world would get collars except for America. I think Americans would see collars and just find it weird. I think they sell more though. That's my thing. I think the collars, uh, because they yeah. look good for the casual fan, you know? Yeah. I feel like they might sell more. I just no, think they're true. too tight. The older I get, the less good my body looks. So these tight <laughs> soccer jerseys, I actually don't like them. I like a little bit more space is the only thing. Yeah. I can vibe. It's that. fun to look at these jerseys though. I always look forward to these jersey drops. I can never tell because like, it's like hard to have an unbiased perspective because like one, when, whenever they're leaked, everyone just hates them at first. <laughs> like it's just like pretty much universally just like, oh, because it's new. And then when you see them on the player, you can usually tell a little bit more. And so I think this is, I think of like the recent years where you look at all three together, I think this is one of the best slates we've had in the last few years. Agreed. The last year's jersey never grew on me, to yeah. be honest. All right. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, I wanted to chat about your soccer team. So the listeners don't know, but you are a Pep Guardiola-esque football manager of a local <laughs> soccer club where you live. Uh, you guys are, I think, what, about a month into your season? Yep. Yeah. It's like, a, it's a, I live in Minnesota in the United States, and we have to push our season back a little bit to get away from the winter. So we're halfway through it now. So give us summer. the, uh, give us the season recap so far. If, if you're at a presser, uh, you know, how are you happy with the, with, with the play so far? Are you satisfied with the results? Good results. You know, um, just lost our first game yesterday, actually. So it's like five wins, a draw and three draws and one loss. Um, and the team I think is playing above their level against good competition. And one, I think it's, you know, it's a good team that you get it. Sometimes you get a good group that, you know, all the magic is done on the training pitch. So we have good practices. Um, we make it very clear about, you know, how we want to play uh, from the beginning. Structurally, the team is, you know, always very sound because we play from the back. And when we get in trouble, we always know we can go backwards and that's how we get organized and have a shape. 
Um, it's not Barcelona. So you coach the kids. I have 14 year olds. They're not able to play tiki taka out of the back. Technically, they're not on that level. But having good structure matters. And I'll say one thing that one thing that Xavi did right away that I liked at Barcelona was you saw a structure right away that didn't seem super present under Ronald Koeman. So I always say when you look at a team, it should be very clear what their shape is, what their structure is as they build from the back to the front. And that's why I think our team has been good, even against good opponents. Yesterday, for example, we played against the best team in the league. That's the game we lost. And the entire game, you know, we gave them possession, which was fine. And they had a really hard time breaking us down because we had shape and we had structure. We played in kind of like a middle block, didn't press too high against other teams who like to press high. And, you know, in a normal situation, a good possession team is just going to be able to rip you apart if you don't have, you know, if you're not compact, just the basics and the fundamentals. And when you have just a sense of collectively we're in sync, we move together, we shift together, you know, even against good teams, you can get them into trouble and just kind of break them out of their patterns about what comes second nature to them. So it's, it's fun. It's interesting coaching. It's like just, uh, just to see like where American soccer is at the grassroots level and how United States soccer federation is trying to have coaches coach and build players up from the ground to, you know, hopefully getting them into the biggest leagues in the world and uh, soccer changes a lot year to year. And that's why it's fun to try to stay up to date with all the changing fads and tactics that teams are using professionally. And you can even do it with, with kids and it's fun to see them and try it out. So if a parent comes up to you and says, I really like the way you coach the kids, you remind me of blank. What person are you hoping they say? One Parent came up to me once. I don't get a lot of feedback from parents, which I think is a good sign because they're, yes. they're just happy. But uh, they said, you have a very quiet intensity. Like, I was like, mm. oh, that's very interesting. Um, I think sometimes, I, I don't know, I always look at Guardiola and I, I like how animated he is on the sidelines, how he's trying to keep things just like the tight ship together. And I, don't, I definitely don't sit back and I'm not very quiet. So if there's anything about Guardiola that I think it's great to emulate, it's just passion for the game. Um, so if anyone kind of picks up on that as a coach, I think it's a compliment that you're passionate, quiet intensity, whatever you want to call it. You cannot, we can all be geniuses like Pep Guardiola, but we can love the game and that should shine through for those of us that are coaching. So the kids it's contagious and they start to love it and develop a passion for it too. I like that. I like that. So do you guys have like a playoffs? Do you have like a, like an end season tournament that you're working towards, or is it kind of just league winners and that kind of thing? In our league, it's so funny. Things change every single year. Like, uh, but this year there's a top four, top four teams in the table are in a uh, semifinal playoff at, in nice. July. So that's our goal is to make the top four in our table so we can make that playoff. Very cool. All right. Well, we're going to keep up with that. How long is the season? Uh, goes the playoff will be like in the middle of July. Middle of July. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 All right. So next time we chat, you will be close to probably making the push for the top four trying to close things out so we will catch up then nick as always it's been a pleasure thank you so much for joining us all right thanks josh